Today, the title of the sermon is Sin, o- Sin and Obedience, Heart Issues. In the, in the Reformation, there was a, a very important Latin phrase that, that was sort of hallmark of our Lutheran theology. Uh, that Latin phrase was simul justus et peccator, and it means at the same time both saint and sinner. And it is really good news and really bad news at the very same time. When it says that we are at the same time both saint and sinner, it means that even after we've been saved, even when God makes us a saint, we still have to deal with the reality of sin in our lives on a daily basis. It's a, it's a hard issue. In the, in the gospel today, Jesus says, it's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. Now, there's a grammatical problem with this phrase. When it, when it says that you are defiled by what comes from your heart, it, it almost sounds like you're not defiled until it comes. But the reality is, is it can't come from your heart if it's not already there. And what really happens when it shows up is that other people then can see that we're defiled, that we are sinners. But the reality is, it's already in there. It's already a part of us. The truth of the matter is, is we see all the time in the news the evidence that sin is clearly at work in our world. It's tragic, it's sad, but it's also simply the reality. And God is concerned with the state of our hearts. I don't know about you, but, but I was, when I was watching the news this last week and, and saw the, the suicide bomber that happened in Afghanistan and saw the, the incredible uh, uh, destruction of, of so many lives, and I would ask myself the question, how could anyone be so evil? How could anything like that really happen? But the truth is, the sin that comes from within us comes out of a defiled heart. And it's true that all of us have that. Jesus says, out of a person's heart come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness. See, enough already, Jesus. I get it. You don't have to keep going on with a list. I understand that it's there. And let's let's listen also to this, this sermon that is given from Moses to the people of Israel 
uh, at the end of Moses' life, just before they go into the promised land, we have the, the book of Deuteronomy that are these five sermons of Moses. And he says this, and now Israel, listen carefully to the decrees and the regulations that I'm about to teach you. Obey them so that you may live, so that you may enter and occupy the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Does this say, does, does the Bible teach, even in the Old Testament, that, that if these people will obey the instructions that God is giving them through Moses, that then they will be God's people? No, they're already God's people. They've already been chosen. They've already received the promise of Abraham. They've already been blessed to be a blessing. In fact, they've already been rescued from bondage in Egypt and, and set free. The, the law isn't being given so that they can be God's people. They are already God's people. And this instruction is being given to them so that they can live into the fullness of what it means to be God's people. But that living is done in a daily way. Listen to this rhetorical question from Proverbs chapter 20, verse 9. It says, Who can say, I have made my heart clean, I am pure from my sin? It's a rhetorical question. Do you know what the answer to the question is? Anybody want to yell out an answer? Nobody. Nobody, Nobody can make their own hearts clean. We are simul justus et peccator. We are at one and the same time, both saint and sinner, meaning... We are forgiven and loved and made children of God through Christ, but we still struggle with the daily reality of sin in our hearts, in our lives, and in our world. And we can't fix it by trying harder. And we can't fix it by now trying to be obedient. We cry out to God, along with David asking, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. We have been uh, blessed in my family because Marilyn has, uh, for a long time now, worked for American Airlines. And so we've had this amazing privilege of being able to travel at very low cost, if sometimes even free. And I remember one time we got to do an amazing trip to France. And uh, the four of us were together. We even had some friends traveling with us. And it was amazing. You know, they have history over there. I mean, like serious history. We don't really have much history. They have like serious, it's just amazing. And you can get around so easily by, by jumping on the, on the subways, and, and they just kind of take you everywhere you want to go. 
And uh, I remember we were, we were on the subway and we got off and we, we came through the, the, the turnstile and had took the stairs up to the street. And, and Paul, my son, Paul was probably six or seven at the time. He was walking about 10 feet in front of me. And this man clamped his hand down on Paul's hand on the rail so that Paul couldn't move. And I watched my son look up into the face of this man with terror in his eyes, and I discovered that there was a hatred and an anger in me that was stronger than I even knew was there. I can occasionally be selfish or, or greedy. I can occasionally get upset when I don't get my way. No comments from the peanut gallery. But mess with my kids, and wow, what bubbled up inside of me scared me. It, I was ready to do evil. I, I feel like I have to finish the story rather than leaving it hang there, even though the rest of the story is not necessarily relevant to the point. But, but this guy who had his hand on Paul's hand, holding him uh, hostage, if you will, uh, was looking me straight in the eye. And I'm sure what he was seeing was not the love of Jesus. <laughs> but I noticed his eyes shifted off my eyes and looked over my shoulder. And when I turned around, I saw that what was really going on was that he was trying to distract me so that his accomplice behind me could come and steal my backpack. And apparently that was the normal routine with how they uh, stole things from people on the subway in that time. And the guy behind me happened to get hung up, so he was, the timing wasn't right. But the key point is, we went away, everything was fine, Paul wasn't hurt, no bruises. Uh, I was just a little more aware of of the ability in me of something that I really wished weren't there in some ways. In other ways, I felt wholly justified, which may be its own problem. <laughs> we talk, sometimes we'll use language like this. Um, I don't know what got into me. That's really not who I am. Do you know what that is? Self-deception. Because what really came out was what's really in there. And so how do we, how do we deal with that? How, how do we manage that? How do we live our Christian lives at the same time both sane and sinner? Well, in the church, in the Lutheran church especially, we talk about that in terms of Dying and rising with Christ. We have to daily die to ourselves. We had this affirmation of baptism today, which was perfect for the first service, and I'm glad you announced it here so that at least there's a sense of it, because in Luther's small catechism, when he talks about baptism, 
In the small catechism, he asks and answers a series of questions. And the fourth question is, is what does baptism mean for daily living? And I thank you for staying for this service so I could look to you again. I mean, you probably were baptized a little while ago. As was I, Liliana, more recently. But what does that baptism mean for today? And what does that baptism mean for each day? And this is what Luther says in the small catechism. He says this, it means that our sinful self with all its evil deeds and desires, should be drowned through daily repentance, and that day after day, a new self should arise to live with God in righteousness and purity forever. This prayer of David in the psalm, create in me a new heart, O God, is a, is a daily prayer. It doesn't happen once and go away. We wish it did, But all of us know because of the reality of our own lives and in our own worlds that 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 sin continues to be a reality. We daily need that mercy new every day. I don't know if you ever think this way, but sometimes when that ugly part comes out, I feel like it must mean that I'm out. I'm disqualified. I sometimes think if that's really the way I am, illustration, if I won't eat my broccoli that my parents have made for me, then maybe they don't love me anymore. If my mom or dad are mad at me because I've done the wrong thing, if God is mad at me because I've not done the things I should, or I've done the things I know I shouldn't do, then maybe I'm out. Maybe that's an indication that I don't belong in the family. Do you hear the the struggle in that thinking? Can Can you both relate to the idea that sometimes we think we're disqualified because we're not good enough or or we're still too sinful, and yet the reality that we know in our lives The people we love still make mistakes and we still love them. We are simul justus et peccator. We are loved by God, recipients of his grace and mercy. And yet each day we struggle with the sin that is still in us. And so we repent each day. We surrender each day, asking God to work his heart in our heart, to make his mercy new, not only in us and for us, but in us and through us. Listen to these amazing words um, Paul's letter to the Philippians. He says this, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall... Keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This walk that we live as Christians, I'm sorry to tell you, I know it's not good news, is a daily struggle. It's a daily reality. 
And therefore, we cling to the promise that God is with us every day, that his mercies are new every day, and that he indeed can cleanse our hearts and stand us up and make us strong even in the face of the struggle. And that not only do we hear that by the grace of Jesus, we are not disqualified from the family of God, but we can begin to look into the lives of others and their struggles and their heartaches. And we can say to them, God's mercies are new every day for them too. May the love of Jesus guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus that all of the temptations from the outside and from the inside will not be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, for you.